Hi, I'm Damon Frank, and you're listening to The Recovered Life Show. Every week, we bring you a recovered life discussion about creating your weekly sober game plan and strategies on how to live your best recovered life. Remember, addiction is a life-threatening condition, and the information in this discussion is provided as a resource only and is not to be used or relied on for any diagnostic or treatment purposes. This is not a substitute when professional diagnosis or treatment is needed. Now, let's jump into the discussion. Okay, welcome to Recovered Life Discussions. My name is Damon Frank. And I am a coach, and I'm joined by my co-host, Christina Dennis. How you doing, Christina? Hello. Good morning. I'm doing good. great. Thank you. Good morning to you. And uh, you guys are in the Recovered Life discussion. Every week we meet to create a sober game plan, not only for ourselves, but we help other people do it as well. And then we share about what's going on with us, what's going on with our recovery. What do we have on the schedule for this week of things that we're looking to work on. What are you guys working on? And more importantly, we share about that in the Recovered Life community. So just a couple ground rules here, guys. Uh, we keep this so easy and light and breezy, as Christina Dennis would say. Yes. Uh, we just have a couple ground rules. One, this is pre-recorded. This is recorded uh, for replays for this and also our podcast. So we just ask that you use your first name uh, and other people's first name, except for Christine and I, we're fine with you use calling us whatever you want. And uh, also that you're loving and kind, that's it. Just, you know, be nice, loving and kind with any comments towards others. And that's it. Uh, Christina Dennis, have to ask you, how was your weekend? You know, it was a great weekend. It really was. I, uh, I did a lot of rest and worked a little bit. I recorded a podcast on Saturday with a great person who's uh, in, in service uh, with the recovery podcast. That was a lot of fun. And well, you know, my mother-in-law is coming to visit this week. So yesterday I had to do a little more than the Instagram cleaning that I often do um, <laughs> to be prepared for her. But I have to say, overall, it was it was a really lovely weekend. Beautiful weather here in Southern California. How was yours? It was good. We did some uh, family sports activities with uh, my daughter. It was a lot of it was a lot of fun. And uh, now back into the daily grind. You know, I always sometimes wake up on Mondays saying that I'm feeling that I'm already behind, and that's when I know that I need to slow down. Definitely. And to be able to just say, hey, you know what? Uh, what can I accomplish today? What's going to make a big impact on my life today, right? And that's got to start with a little bit of, you know, reading um, some spiritual stuff, typically. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. You know, our Recovered Life community is a huge part of this. You know, we've been working on our new community platform, which is uh, hosted on Volley. So I do a thing called Fine. the Daily Drink on there. So every day I take a spiritual pack thing that I'm working on. And I share it and then people comment back. It's been it's been great. I mean, we've it's done it for a week fun. so far and it's been it's been a lot of fun. It is. It's it is really um I love the video platform. I love connecting. So absolutely that's that is a lot of fun. And I hope more people will join us. Just let us know. We'll send you the invite. But uh I love that um 
that I got your volley this morning and listened to it. It was beautiful. It's about self-awareness. And it's just nice to have the structure to wake up and go, okay, I'm going to connect with my recovery. Um, you know, some Mondays I wake up and there's anxiety already in, in, you know, and like I have my mother-in-law coming to visit and she's lovely and wonderful, but making room, you know, and putting the list together and all that, I could easily go there and forget about my self-care and forget about, you know, taking the time to figure out where my nervous system is and my spiritual connection. And so I, um, I really like this room for that reason too, because it orients me to remember like, I'm, I'm not helpful to anyone if I don't take care of myself. Absolutely. Helpful to, you know, I'm not able to be present that whole day could go by if I haven't started off Monday thinking about what I need to do to stay connected. Absolutely. You know, um, as recovery coaches, a lot of the times, you know, Christina, I find that it's important to eat my own dog food. And what I mean by that, <laughs> right, is that like, look, if this is what I'm serving to my dog, I need to eat it too, right? Not, not, no, not that. Uh, but it's kind of like you got to do what you tell other people to do. And, um, and this is big because I, you know, I grew up in a recovery culture where I was around really kind of strong men and women mm -hmm. who told me, you know, that gave me light and sometimes not so light messages about right. what I needed to do. And, but it's interesting. They were honest with me. They said, you know, like, look, if I'm telling you to make your bed every day, I'm making my bed every day, you right. know? And I think it's important to just get back to the basics a lot of the times, you know, on my recovery checklist, you know, one of the basic things that I ask myself is, what is the most important thing this week for me? And of course, on top of that list always is staying sober, right? Right. So I know that magical combination for me in staying sober is I'm going to need community. I'm going to need a spiritual connection. I'm also going to have to work on issues that I'm working on, right? Mm -hmm. And then I kind of plan my week around that. I think one of the things that a lot of people think is when they get sober is, well, now that I have this big life, I've got to plan recovery around my life. Sure. And I found that it's really the opposite way around, that you need to plan your life around your recovery. Totally. I mean, truly, I won't be connected if I don't, I won't be connected and present if I don't do it. And I'm, it's not like I do it well every day. There's plenty of days that I wake up and it isn't, you know, Saturday I, I slept in and didn't necessarily do my disciplines right first thing in the morning. And I could tell a difference um, and, and knew like, okay, that's, that actually is what makes me feel good. It makes me be present. It makes me allow the anxiety to kind of stay at bay and I can actually enjoy my life. So I, I agree with you. Um, and being around people who also have those same disciplines and share them helps me remember so much that, that I have a huge opportunity every day to do what I need to do. Yeah, this is always that thing, you know, they say in the airlines, put on your mask first before you fix it to somebody else. Right. This is the whole thing. You know, I found myself cruising down towards Orange County, headed towards you. 
you know, towns where, where you live. And uh, I was driving down the road and I realized it was early in the morning and I'd already been in three or four conflicts. It's, you know, mm-hmm. chaos is already, I forgot to get this. I need to get this. I'm running behind. And I realized, you know what? I haven't taken time out to just touch base and connect with that spiritual Wi-Fi that is always present. And I always have five bars, right? Mm. And uh, to connect with that before I go throughout my day, because that is my protection. Because as we know with people in recovery, we only have a day at a time. Sure. Really true. So guys, you are in the Recovered Life Room, Recovered Life Discussions. Every week we talk about creating a sober game plan and we share it. Like, what are you working on this week? What what worked last week? What what did you feel that you fell short with last week that you want to incorporate into this week? Um, we'd love to bring some people up to discuss. Uh, Kat is here. We always love to hear what she has to say. How you doing, Kat? Morning. Hey, good morning. Um, good to be here. Thanks, Damien. Thanks, Christina. Um, yeah, I mean, I really, really um, needed this room this morning. Um, as some may know, Meredith, Christine, I mentioned I'm going through a breakup, and it's it's awful, um, but it's really pushed me back into, um, you know, the basics. And in these last few weeks, it's incredible how much... Um, pain becomes the catalyst of growth and it's like I'm learning so even though I've gone through you know the steps multiple times it's like I revisited the fear inventory and what the fear you know what that passage was saying and realized I'd been doing the fear inventory wrong this entire time I was just uh, pretty much listing my fears and then handing them over to my higher power which like um, which has worked up into up until this point, but, um, the book just says so much more. There's actually like four columns and, you know, turning to what would, um, what can I direct my attention towards instead where it's self-reliance failed me in this fear. And like, there's just so much more to the fear inventory and I'm kind of, um, on fire for that right now because, um, there's a lot of fear that comes with breakups. Um, you know, took one of the dogs, man, uh, <laughs> which is a bummer, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm reaching out to people, fellowshipping more, and just, uh, trying to stay present and focused on myself, so that's where I'm at. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you, Kat, for sharing. Um, I think, I mean, this is what's so great about having the community uh, I've been through multiple breakups in sobriety and they are hard Um, they are hard even when you know they're for the best and you know that higher power has something else out there for you it is so tender and you named it fear I have done my type of fear inventory for 20 years and Really, I think, I mean, the big book says it, you know, that fear is the motivator behind all of our emotions. And I have to say that it is um, for me specifically, for sure, that fear can drive all of my acting out behaviors. It can drive my 
you know, tendency to not be part of this world. Um, it can rob me of joy. And I also have learned that some of it has, is a lie. Some of the things that I've been afraid of. Recently, I've been meditating on this idea that the fear of feelings, the fear of having the feelings is much worse than the actual feelings. And uh, I, love, I love that you brought that up. It's very interesting uh, that you want to do a deep dive in it because I think that's incredibly helpful for us, all of us in our recovery. It is so important to recognize what a major role fear plays and to share them into, you know, in the fear inventory that I do, um, I drill it right down to that early childhood belief. Um, and for me, the fear, no matter what it is, always ends up being that I'm, I'm not love, I'm not lovable, I'm not worthy of love. And then um, I, I write a column of the evidence that supports that fear because uh, it's never helped me to be like, you shouldn't feel this way or what's wrong with you. I, there's reasons why I have fear. There's examples in my life. And so it's kind of like paying honor to those examples and telling my inner child, I hear you, I see you. But then I always finish it off with a column of, you know, what doesn't support this theory that I'm unlovable. And so much of that column reminds me that, uh, that my fear is lying to me because I am lovable and I am worthy. And so that's been really, really helpful to me. It's really helpful with all the issues that show up to not shame myself for having the fear, understand that it's part of life. Um, and there are reasons why I am fearful. Thank you for sharing. I'm just so grateful that you are in our community and you feel comfortable sharing and we're here for you. I love what you were talking about, Kat, with fear and same with you, Christina. Uh, you know, that seems to be such a huge element uh, in people's recovery. I mean, I would say it's definitely the top three, right? Christina, like fear is something that everybody deals with, you know, and I, I love one of the things that you said to Christina about how you ask yourself some of these questions. I, you know, I'm really big on being careful about what I ask myself because what I found is that I set myself up, like I con myself. So if I say like, well, what's wrong with me, okay? What ends up happening is um, I get back from the universe all these things that are wrong with me. But when you said like, what is out there in my life that doesn't support the thing that I'm not lovable, right? Doesn't support that. You have this huge lift. When you start asking that, what happens is different things come back. So I love the fact that you ask different, you know, this asking the different question when you're starting to plan your recovery week and start to look at where you feel that you might be falling short in some areas. How do you, you know, how do you do that? How do you, how can you rephrase these questions that you're asking yourself? Because I think so many times we're so damn hard on ourselves in recovery. We keep asking these very negative things like what's wrong with me or why can't I fix myself or why am I broken? When you keep asking that, what's going to just come back is the answer to that, right? It's going to come back a bunch of things why you think that you're wrong with you. 
So I love that it's such a positive, easy thing really to do, right? It's just to rephrase these questions in this inner dialogue. And the output seems to be so much different. You're right. You're right. And how we speak to ourselves really matters. And um, there's been a lot of negative, I mean, not of a lot of positive, toxic positivity that has given me an idea that if I was doing everything right and was self-sufficient, um, then I shouldn't have fear. And that's just not been the case. I've been sober a long time and fears played a bigger role in my life some years. Um, and it, it's also, I've also had lots of relief from having it be there, but me ever telling myself what's wrong with me or why are you afraid? You shouldn't be afraid has never helped me not be fearful <laughs> ever. And so it's a matter of eliminating what doesn't work. And so with that third column that I do that says, you know, there are reasons why I'm afraid is me communicating to my little Christy that I hear you and I see you and I understand that you're trying to keep me safe and I'm aware, I'm aware. And it also takes the fear out from that corner and makes me face it a little more directly. And it, it's really, really helpful. It so is, it so is helpful. Uh, you know, and that's, I think what other, what else is helpful is just having these discussions with people to understand that, hey, you know what? We're, we're just like everybody else, right? We're struggling, a lot of people struggle with things like this. It's not us, you know, we're not the only people who struggle from fear. And just sometimes knowing that you're not alone, that you're not the only one who has gone through this makes a huge difference. Uh, guys, just to reset the room, you're in Recovered Life Discussions. Uh, every week we meet to discuss our sober weekly game plan. We share what's going on with us, uh, you know, in the Recovered Life community, in our own personal recovery. I see some really friendly faces in the audience here and some people that have come up to stage to share. Kathy, how are you? Always really great to see you. Um, what are you evening. working on? What's going on with you? Uh, hi, everybody. Um, I'm Kathy. I'm an alcoholic. I have a business trip to go to in London on Thursday and Friday. And some of you have uh, heard me droning on about this before. So apologies for uh, repeating myself. But I have found the circumstances around it very challenging. And I've taken my steps to... And yeah, it's about fear. It's about fear. Um, it's a, I'm scared. I'm scared of what I'm going to be away from my routine. Who am I going to be? Um, so some of some of that is tied up in the actual work stuff, but more of it was tied up in am I still going to be sober? Um, and I've done my planning. I've done I've done what I can to mitigate it. And and some of the and a lot of the fear goes with that for for me anyway. Planning and. And taking steps is uh, is is powerful for me, um, and I believe I've done enough to to stay me because I'm seeing people that I know. That's that that always helps. So my my community is on the road <laughs> this week. Um, Kathy's going on tour, um, so different people will be helping me um, this week. I probably won't be on Clubhouse much at the end. 
Um, and yeah, there's lots of challenges. There's doing a full day of, of, of work without any breaks. That's, that's a new challenge. Um, there's going back to a hotel room, um, which is fully comped. Um, that's a challenge. Um, cause in the past I would have got trashed. Um, and there's lots of things. I'm going to be alone away. And yes, I have some fear about this trip, but I have excitement as well. Um, and the fear is, I think my fear often comes down to letting, letting people down. Um, I, I would absolutely hate to tell my niece to her face that I had relapsed. I, I don't think I have that in me. I don't think, I, I genuinely don't think I've got that in me to do that. Um, so yeah, let, letting people down is a good one for me. Um, and for me, it's all about offsetting and litig uh, mitigation and checks and balances, if you like. Um, I'm gonna have a threat here, so I, you know, I'll play my queen to rook four or whatever you wanna, uh, whatever analogy you wanna use, I, I'm gonna block that move. Um, the ones I can't block, I'll take on the chin, but um, hopefully there'll be enough left of me to, to, to succeed at this trip and at the actual work stuff as well. Just going and being sober isn't enough. I, I, I want to do well on this work trip. Uh, so yeah, I'm planning for that this week and also the other stuff like getting to the train on time and because um, my mobility is a bit impaired. So there's lots of planning around the journey um, and that's very useful for me. Um, it's occupying my my mind kind of thing. So, um, so yeah, that's my week. Thank you. That sounds kind of exciting too. I mean, I love that we kind of gravitated toward fear because what came up for me when you were sharing, Kathy, was that there is, you know, fear, it can be very, very helpful. Um, it gets, a, you know, a bad rap, but it's designed to tell us to watch out and to, to be mindful. And everything you shared is exactly what you're doing. Um, I, I don't like being afraid I'd really like not to have that part of humanness, but I, I don't get to. I don't think anybody does. And, um, and what I've learned to do uh, is one, be able to recognize it. This is fear. This is what's showing up. I'm afraid versus I'm angry at somebody else because, <laughs> because I'm afraid and it's easier to deflect on them. Or I'm angry at myself, you know, the, the anger, the sadness, don't really deep, deep dive into it. And I, and I can't say it's like the first question I ask myself, but it's pretty close now where I ask, what is this fear teaching me? What is it, what is it showing me that either still needs to be healed or that I need to pay attention to because it is dangerous. And I love that you're protecting your sobriety. Um, I love that. I think it's important. I was sober in food and beverage for, I was in that industry for another 10 years, my first 10 years. And there were overnight trips and there were lots, lots and lots of drinking. And, um, you know, one time I can remember in particular trigger warning where they did a, a wine tasting and it was all day with me sitting at the table 
and 25 other folks where they were all tasting wine. And I remember going back to my hotel room that night and, you know, there was no clubhouse back then because I'm from the dark ages. I remember my body just shaking, you know, just the, my nervous system couldn't, you know, it was within the first two years. And so I know it's possible to travel sober, but it's so smart that you're thinking about it ahead of time and protecting your sobriety. Because um, I really felt it when you said you can't tell your niece. You can't tell your niece and that's not in you. And on some days for me, that was enough. I just didn't want to stand up and be a newcomer. And that's what it took for me to, to not use that day. So I thank you. Thank you for coming up and sharing. We will miss you, though, when you're not in the clubhouse room. But I hope you just have a blast. We are definitely going to miss you, Kathy, because you're a big part of the Recovered Life community. Um, I just want to say that I so resonate with what you're saying. Not only have I been that business person, um, I've coached a lot of business people that uh, are going through this, right? And, you know, I think, first of all, I think you should applaud yourself, one, for just doing it. But two, that that you're having the fear is a good thing. And I'm going to say that why it's good is that because your sobriety is important to you. If you hadn't gotten to a place where you felt that your life was better sober, that you appreciated the things that were happening in your life sober, that you were committed to doing the sober journey, you, you probably wouldn't have this intense fear. So the thought of that this possibly could be gone and you know, uh, I, I don't like that, I don't want that, shows that you have a commitment to staying sober long-term. So I would definitely applaud you for that. The other thing I, I totally related to is the whole idea of, of traveling and all these different things that you're gonna experience. You know, um, one of the things that I've always done is I think the most important thing is to have some self-awareness. You know, um, if maybe I once or twice a day kind of check in, and for me, it's with a higher power, to kind of tap into, hey, you know what? Uh, just to be present here and now, to be aware of what's going on, to be aware of my thoughts, to be aware that I'm having these thoughts. And for me, that's checking in with a higher power. I might have to do that a couple of times a day when I'm traveling, right? Also having numbers of people to call and text or whatever when I'm feeling overwhelmed. And then also being able to say sometimes, okay, I've done enough, I've reached my threshold, right? And to be able to say, yeah, I'm gonna go to the dinner where there's gonna be drinking, but then I'm gonna actually leave before they go out bar hopping. I don't really need to do that, right? And I have been there. I've, I've, I've had to do that so, so many times in recovery, I can't even recall them all. I mean, it's been, it's been a lot. And I've gotten through them all sober. And you will too, right? And, and you will too. And it's such a great experience actually to have because when you get through this, you're going to realize that you not only can do this, but you're going to be able to do this and you're going to be able to be happy and enjoy yourself. And I definitely want that for you. And I know you're definitely going to achieve that. So, uh, so thank you so much for sharing, Kathy. You're a really huge part of this group. Amber, how you doing? Good to see you. Uh, what's on your sober game plan this week? 
Hi guys. Um, yeah, so um, mine, the th first thing that comes up for me is I'm really going to practice, um, <laughs> I'm really going to practice allowing myself to take better care of myself and also like sitting in moments where that are enjoyable other than just trying to constantly, I notice myself not allowing myself to um, fully like sink into my body and be in, in my body or be present with each moment and like making each moment more enjoyable instead of I'm rushing or I'm numbing or I'm, um, wanting my mind to go other places. <clears throat> and that's not the life that I want. And I notice that when I do, when I am allowing myself to be like in my body or just enjoying the moment like it just it's like amazing <laughs> it's like it's like pure freedom and um i'm having more and more of these kind of awakenings that i'm i am safe like it is it's, it is safe for me to be um just to be so my goal is to really just let myself um take better care of myself and and to enjoy those moments and to not rush through them or reject them when they come up. Um, just cause yeah, that's, that's, it, that's very difficult for me. And I notice I just get so much more out of my life and out of my joy when I, when I do allow myself to kind of lean into something that's a little bit uncomfortable like that, which is actually good for me. So yeah, that's my, those are my goals <laughs> for the week on top of everything else, but that's something I really want to work on. Thanks for letting me share. I love it. I love that. I'm with you, Amber. I didn't know how to relax. And I certainly didn't know how to sit with positive things happening. The fear would overcome me. And I would jump into plan mode, be moving mode, never really sitting. And and I, I know that 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 it seems like it, I, I used to believe that I should just know how to do this. You know, like I should just know how to relax. How come I can't just be happy or how come I can't let something sink in? And eventually I had to, to understand, you know, through trauma re recovery work, through ACOA, through working, you know, with a coach and a therapist that I didn't know how to just do that. Like I have to learn it. And so, um, you know, I, I've shared a lot on this. It sounds kind of hokey, but I now have a discipline that between, co you know, coaching and filming or doing any of the things that I do, that I go outside. I live in Southern California, so I can do this, you know, sit, sink my feet into the ground, you know, put my face toward the sun and just breathe. And... <laughs> it has changed my life, as crazy as that sounds. You know, I, I am not the greatest meditator. I can do it. But I have found for me very potent behaviors like connecting with my nervous system and grounding myself are essential. And days that I miss it, I really do not feel good. So I love that that's one of your goals and one of your intentions. So love that. Um, 
you know, one of the things, Amber, uh, what Christina was saying, it's so funny, Christina, because that's been a big game changer for me is I spend a lot of time outside. I'll even, because I work out of the house, so I'll even take my laptop now or my iPad and I'll go outside and I'll just hang outside for a while. And uh, Friday, I worked all day outside. I've got a little workspace outside. Was super productive and just being, just being in touch with not being locked up in a room, right? And just being able to change your routine. I found that it's important in recovery because I will lack awareness of how great my life is. So I'll have to sometimes change my life up to be able to get that. Amber, did you have another little quick uh, comment here before we go on to Sam? I was just, I was just eating all of that up because, yeah, that that feels so. That's exactly, yes, exactly, both of you, absolutely, yeah. Just the those, it's amazing. Like I literally went out in the sun the other day for just five minutes out in the ground, or laid out in the ground, and it was probably not even 10 minutes and it's just like whoa my whole my, my whole taste transformed so yeah i i yes yes to everything i'm just enjoying all of this so yes thank you you know it's interesting that we are discussing fear today and before we go to sam christina i wanted to talk with you about fear you know i have tried to deal with fear in a lot of different ways and for me, I'm always, look, I'm going to be honest, I'm always looking for a shortcut. I'm looking for an app, a thing, an activity that I could do, a power move that I could do that's going to shortcut this, right? Because I just, you know, no sometimes way. I'm just like, yeah, no, I am. You know me. I, I, and I just, it's just like, really, I mean, because when we, what I like about Recovered Life is that we could just really have an honest conversation. I mean, if you think that I w have woken up 27, 28 years sober every day and go, Oh my God, can't wait to work on that fear today. Like, <laughs> not, no. not, not my jam, dude. Like I, I said, you know what? The whole thing about alcoholism is fine. I can live with it, except for the powerlessness and unmanageability of it all. Like, I don't want those two things. Like, I don't want to be powerless and I don't want unmanageability. So those are two things I never want to be in those positions. But yet in recovery, you're constantly in those positions, right? Especially, honestly, if you're doing it right, you're always in say, those positions. It, yes, you, yes, absolutely. It's actually one of the benefits. It's that whole surrender to win shit. But you know what? What's funny is I have learned a little hack that I want to share with everybody before we go to, with Sam, if that's okay, Christina. This is my fear hack. So I know that all alcoholics are dopamine addicts. Like, we love that little hit. Fear gives us a little rush of dopamine. It does. Get a slow rush of dopamine. Oh my God, what could go wrong? Ooh, a little excitement, right? Uh, and what I what I have done a lot of times is I take it to the nth degree. It's just like, oh my God, I forgot to do that jury summons or whatever. It's a day late. Okay. So then I start to ask myself, okay, let's take this to the extreme because I don't want to spend all day and tomorrow and next week hanging out at the crime scene about what I could have done wrong or whatever. Okay, I made a mistake. I didn't turn it in or whatever it is, a parking ticket or didn't pay a bill in time or, you know, uh, said something I wasn't, made an amends, but then feel bad about it or whatever. You know, whatever it might be that I have fear of, economic insecurity, this person doesn't like me, the litany of things, Christina. What, what, what I do is I say, okay, let's just take this to the worst case scenario if I struggle with it. I say, what's the worst that happens? All right, 
uh, they find out that I didn't do the jury summons. I did it a day late. And they come here with guns. They lock me up and they throw me away. And, uh, you know, I have to make bail. And it's, you know, going to be 15 years before I get out and all that. And then, you know, I'll go there for a second. And then I'll just say, okay, how realistic is this? And then I just laugh. I'm like, this is just absolutely insanity. It's like, none of that's going to happen. Okay, I might have to pay a small fine. I might have to do it earlier. I might have to do that. And then I ask a question, can I live with that? And then it's just like, yep, okay, moving on, moving on. I'm not going to stand, I'm not going to stay here in fear for 50 more hours wondering what the hell is going to happen until the next little dopamine fear hit hits me. And then I'm now on that, right? Because I know as alcoholics, we just move from fear to fear to fear to fear, right? I Look. I don't want to. I don't want to win the rat race because at the end I'm still a friggin' rat. I want off the wheel. I don't want to be on the wheel of fear. And you know, and for me, Christina, I just acknowledge it. You know, because I'm a, I'm a high performance coach. You know, at the end of the day, like I'm not interested in hanging around at the crime scene forever, right? I want to just. I want to address it, and 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 deal with it appropriately and move on. I haven't heard that phrase in a long time, Damon. I used to hear it all the time. You know, the crime scene, don't hang out at the crime scene. It's very, very helpful. You know, sometimes my, uh, my paralysis or my anxiety could put me in a place where I don't move forward. And so it's very helpful to, you know, what is it if you if it's not going to matter in five years, don't spend more than five minutes thinking about it. But, uh, you know, I guess discernment takes over when we start to figure that out. What is Well, that is what happens, important. right? Like we hang out at the crime scene until we become the chalk outline. That, that, that is reality with recovered alcoholics. We will hang out in fear and misery and, and our own crap for so friggin' long until we become the victim of ourselves. And I think it's, I think not identifying it, Nick, I know that you do a lot of work in that, Christina, and I think that that's essential. You have to say, oh my God, this is what happens, feel the feelings, and you have to deal with that, you do. You can't run from it, right, and just move into never-ending action. You, you have to deal with the feeling, right? You have, that's something that's definite, but also you can't hang out there too long. You can't hang out there too long. You're not going to get that time back. And I, one of the biggest regrets I've had is that I stayed too long sometimes at the crime scene. And that hurt me when I should have just moved forward. Okay. All right. Oh, Sam. Sam, how you doing? Hi. Yeah, I'm doing well. Um, I'm like listening to this crime scene stuff. Um, so I'm like trying to zoom back. Uh, but yeah, I think this week I'm trying to just do, uh, just like keep doing what I've been, what I've been doing. Um, I'm like kind of in the middle of getting ready to move to New York. Um, and I'm interviewing for jobs and I started dating, um, and I'm like traveling so kind of just like balancing all of that at once like the most the things in front of my face like I think I finished my last inter I think I just had my interview today and that was it so that's really good 
and then I'm just unpacking and then I'm going to New York for my brother's graduation where like my whole family will be in a room together but like I know I'll be okay um, and yeah then I'm going to California and I'm gonna be around people who are like probably drinking and I also feel like decent about that but yeah just trying to like keep doing like the next thing and like today is my six months off of uh, benzos and like all my medication so yeah just like continuing to show up and like know that I can rely like on myself and my higher power but that's it thanks wow that's a lot <laughs> you're going through a lot you know and I think that it's awesome especially the fact that you're here sharing about it and taking the time. Congrats on the six months. That's a big deal. Um, and it's uh, to be present in our life when we have all of the things that are showing up because of course they do. When we're living full lives, these new stressors come up and they show up. And to be present and decide you know, how to be conscious in our choices and connect and feel the feelings, but do what we need to do is a gift. It's a gift for the program um, or for recovery, I should say. Not everybody is goes to the program who's in recovery, and I respect that. But allowing ourselves to, you know, kind of, I mean, this is the reparenting. Like, wow, that's a lot. New job, new, you know, move. Uh, relationship. I mean, that's, those are the big ones. Those are the big ones. And the gifts of being in recovery means that we get these opportunities to have big, huge transitions. Um, and I'm just, I think it's awesome that you're here, you're being mindful, you're taking the next indicated step. That was really hard for me when I first got sober. I wanted to plan, you know, I wanted to be at five years of sobriety my first two months. I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't want to deal with this stuff. I can do the 12 steps in three weeks and then I'll be done. And uh, that just didn't happen to be my experience. I needed to learn and learn and keep learning and keep going through the growth and the trauma, you know, work. And uh, I'm grateful. I'm really grateful that uh, life has afforded me those same kinds of opportunities but um, showing up and staying conscious there were a lot of times I didn't you know there are a lot of times that I shopped it away or definitely act out my codependency but I never picked up a drink and I stayed on the path so I'm really really glad to know you and we'll be here cheering for you you know family all of that that's a lot Good for you for being here, hon. Sam, congratulations. That is just so amazing that you have all of this great stuff. I, you know, it made me think a little bit about things that had happened in early recovery for me. And, you know, I sometimes sit back and I think about that a little bit. And, you know, one of the regrets I had was not enjoying things a lot more, right? I was so afraid that I would do it wrong or, I would relapse or this would happen, that happened. And now that I've got a little bit of water under the bridge, right? And I've been down the road a little bit. I, I, I look back and I said, man, I wish I would have maybe enjoyed that a little bit more. Um, 
I found myself, you know, you're much more ahead of where I was in, in my recovery at, at six months, but I, you know, I was in my head a lot. Right. And, um, so I would go in through like, you know, thinking about it, I'm an addictive thinker. So I'll strategize. Okay. Well, if this goes down like this, this is going to go down like that. And what I've learned in my recovery, and I'd love Christina, if it, or if anyone here on stage wants to chime in on this is one of the things that I've learned that's been really amazing in my recovery is that, um, really the beauty has been in the stuff that I was unable to predict that, that, and, and this is the one thing that I've learned is that having a brief outline about where you want to go, I think is good and be able to understand what you want, I think is essential, right? And then playing full out doing that essential, but also being able to be open to experience things that you have not scripted out, right? Because this is where I find that most of the miracles in my life have, have come from. It's been in those areas that weren't pre-scripted. Christina, I mean, can you chime in on that? Or if anyone on stage sure. wants to mention that? Well, I, I will definitely talk to you. And, and if anybody else wants to, please jump in. Just tell me to shut up. I'm happy to do that too. But as you were sharing, Damon, I was thinking about, yeah, there's been, so when I got into recovery and I started, you know, working on my codependency and my ACOA issues, I discovered that I was really shortchanging myself, truly, um, that I had to heal all of those woundings because I didn't have any belief that good things were supposed to happen to me. And it sounds kind of crazy, right? But it's the truth. I didn't think I deserved good things. And what I, des what I thought were, were really basically the basics, like what I wanted in a relationship was the basics. And so being open and willing and, and saying I'm out of ideas or I'll just do the next indicated step has been amazing, the blessings that have come. And there weren't even things that I could conceptualize. Like I didn't understand what an interdependent loving relationship was. I mean, I had ideas in theory, but I didn't understand it until I had to, you know, until I had the opportunity to do that. And that meant I had to do a lot of work prior to that. And I had to grieve things and I had to question them. And as far as some of the opportunities that have shown up, I believe that I see higher power every day, every day. And I work on seeing uh, them show up in little ways as well as big ways. And I think after a while, I, for me, I just got tired of trying to plan so much because it was wasting my time, you know, like things weren't going to show up. So when, when certain actions happen or when something happens that I perceive as being against what I thought and planned, I now have a little hint inside of me, a whisper that, ooh, something really good is going to come out of this. Something really good is going to show up. And, you know, I, I am such a right, you know, I'm a small person and higher power is so big or the universe. And so why would I limit my blessings to just what I can think of? And, uh, that's my response. Very cool. Very cool stuff to show up and see. 
um, once we start setting our minds to look for those miracles or those coincidences or God shots or whatever you want to call them, I feel like they start showing up even more. So did I answer your question, Damon? You don't yeah, know if you I had love a question. It. No, I love it. I was just saying that whole being open, right? Like so much as coaches, sometimes we're like focused on, okay, we got to do this. We got to do this. We got to do this. We got to do this, right? Like, and that's important. Like you have to be able to take action and play full out. You have to be accountable. You also have to have an idea of what you want to try to create in your life, right? What you would like to be open to have be created. And that's a better way to be able to say it. Um, but at the same time, you also need to be loose. You need to be open enough, relaxed enough to let things come into your life. Because so many times we're so focused on, I got to do this. I got to do this. I got to do this. Packing everything into the stream of life. There's miracles that are popping up left and right that we are unable to even see, let alone optimize. And one of the things that I has been a game changer in the way that I've coached people especially for people who have been sober that want to reach a new level in their recovery, Christina, you know, we were talking about this last week is to start programming their mind that because they're taking right action, there are going to be miracles that are going to be popping up. And if you're so in your head thinking about fear and the next thing that's going to happen and the next thing that's going to be screwed up, you're going to miss all of those things. Those things are already out there looking for you. Right. And that's what I try to tell people. It's like, no, you all you have to do is become aware of it in your consciousness and they will be looking for you. Let's look at the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. If that's not a metaphysical document, I don't know what is, Christina. True, true. There's um, I think our world is continuing inside recovery worlds or outside of recovery worlds starting to realize that agency of thought and the energy and everything that we have around us and us is undeniable. You know, it's undeniable. And, you know, it's very interesting to me that a stockbroker and a doctor in the 30s was able to start looking at that and um, start putting it into practice to help people, whether you go that way or not. The movement of AA had to have come from a higher power. It couldn't have come from those two dudes. But it really is uh, over the years with my son's condition, I started doing a lot of research on neuroplasticity. I started to do and look at things. So I am one of those kind of junkies that's always watching for the latest thing, you know, what's happening. And I can tell you, I would sit and listen to a lecture from a world famous doctor um, and hear AA in that or the, the big book spiritual text. And it would be all about this is what works. You know, I remember sitting in a conference with a really high level doctor. There were a thousand of us there and on his, you know, PowerPoint, this is how long ago it was. He had at the end of an action step list for parents who had recent diagnosis of autism, it was prey. <laughs> that was on his presentation. And I thought, yeah, that's, I'm out of ideas. You know, I'm out of ideas. That's what happened when I got sober. I got out of ideas and just started surrendering and things have worked out. 
you know, they haven't worked out the way I wanted them to, thank God, because I had such a limited view, but they have worked out. Yeah, I always heard it's like, you know, I remember early recovery, somebody was lamenting that I got sober with. It was like in my peer group and had under a year and he was complaining that life wasn't fair. And um, this guy had a lot of chaos that was when he was uh, drinking and had gotten into a lot of trouble. And I remember this old timer turned and said, you know, every day you have to you should thank God that life isn't fair because if life was fair, you'd be in jail. Right. <laughs> I, I never, and I always forgot about that. So every time I say that's not fair, I said, well, I better reevaluate what fair is. So true. So true. <laughs> I think, you know, one of the things that, you know, as we get to the end of the room here uh, that I wanted to say, you know, one of the things that has become very apparent in my life and, you know, Christina, you and I talk about this a lot, like, you know, somebody would ask like, hey, what do you and Christina talk about when you're not on air? And we're on air a lot. You know, we did the Recovered Life show this morning. We're doing that live three days a week. We've got four clubhouse rooms plus everything else we're doing. And, you know, one of the things is I think we talk about uh, self-awareness, right? Like, that's the thing. It's like, how could I become more open to what's already happening in my life? Not necessarily how can I create more in my life? It's more, how do we become open to it? And this is something that I've worked into my weekly game plan of recovery is how do I open myself up to be a receiver of the great things that are happening? Well, tell us, how do you? Well, I, I think awareness, you know, I think awareness is, is one of the big things is like becoming aware of that you can receive. And I know with codependency, you work a lot about the receiver, right? About codependents have a hard time receiving good sometimes. Yeah, I, um, I mean, that's a huge thing. I think humans have a hard time receiving, um, you know, the letting go of the fear and just having that hope that you know good things will come is a very vulnerable position and it's very frightening um you know marianne williamson's really great quote about uh it's not for failure that i am afraid of it's success and i have read that in several business books you know the big leap where it's not it's not the good things that scare me. It's it's or not the it's not the bad things that scare me. That seems very normal. It's the possibility of being vulnerable and open to receiving and then have it taken away. And so it's something for us all to work on. Um, I use an affirmation. I am open to receiving. I deserve to receive. And I continue to say that so that I will remember that there's a little part of me you know, that still has a problem with it. Are you doing a 10 key over there? <laughs> I have, I have something. Please, Amber. Okay. So I know for me, I, this is something I really struggle with. And the one way that I've kind of worked with it is that I've started just to practice it, just to take it on as like a, a new practice. Um, or as a new habit. And so anytime somebody offers help or anytime somebody is offering something or 
or whatever, or, or is asking or wants to do something for me, normally I'd be like, no, I got this. Like, whatever. Don't worry about it. But I actually, I try to stop myself and accept it. And, and it may be on a very small level of like accepting the, just a very small part of it. But I've noticed that the more that I, and I have to keep up with it and it can be really uncomfortable just to accept a little bit, but I've noticed the more that I can be consistent with the practice of it um, and then really enjoying the receiving too, like really like uh, showing that I'm really enjoying it and also uh, just um, expressing how awesome it is, is really helpful too because then it, it makes the other person really excited too. So it's like, um, anyways, I've that's a practice that I've started and it's actually been really helpful. Um, but it is a practice and I have to, I have to be consistent with it and remind myself every day of it. Ooh, I love that. Yes. I was told my first year of recovery, you are not allowed to give anyone a gift for one year. You are just going to receive. And that was really hard. I loved the control I felt when I was blessing other people. I really did. All right. Receiving is tough, right? Yes, yes. Hi, Kathy, did you want to jump in? Yeah, I'm just going to say very quickly, this, this uh, it's about faith. It's it's about faith, I, I think. I'm not, I'm not a believer in, uh, in God, so a lot of you know that. Um, I, but I have faith in myself, um, but faith and faith, capital F are different things, but you have, you have faith, uh, Amber has faith in this plan she set for herself. Christina, you, you had faith in the program that you follow. Um, and yeah, that's, that's the word that's coming through loud and clear to me at the moment. So I hope that's all right. Yes, I believe that wholeheartedly. Guys, this has been an amazing discussion today. I know we're right at the hour, so I wanna be respectful of people's time. I would like to mention, guys, if you'd like to connect with Christina Dennis, you'd like to connect with myself, or you'd like to, to join the Recovered Life community uh, and be one of the beta testers for our new Volley community, which has really changed my life already in a week, Christina. I mean, this has really added a level of connection that I wasn't getting on other social media. It's great. It's a lot of fun too. So you guys can access that. If you go to info.recoveredlife.us, you can get all of our information up there. Christina, I know you're giving away some free sessions this week, right? So even if people are listening on the replay, I know you gave me two to give away. Do you want to kind of give a little shout out about what that's all about? Yes. Yes, please. If you're at a place in your life where you want to learn about codependency, you've heard this phrase multiple times, you're struggling with boundaries or, or relationships in recovery, um, I will, you know, meet with you. And, and it's more of a strategy call where we figure out where the resources are to help you get more information about it, you know. Um, I will be back here tomorrow at 9 a.m. for the Rewire Your Brain Room, but I do truly enjoy uh, those calls. So please reach out to me if you're interested, you're newer in recovery or you've been around for a while and you've heard this phrase, codependency, but it doesn't quite 
you know, it's, it's not quite clear to you. I'd love to help you. Guys, thank you so much for joining us here for this Recovered Life discussion. Beautiful. Uh, like Christina said, we've got four discussions a week. It's really great, isn't it, Christina? I mean, it's changed my to be recovery. able to have this time. It has. It's Absolutely. changed my recovery. I've built beautiful relationships with people that are here. Come and be known and let us let us get to know you. You do not have to recover alone. You know, it's pref preferable to be part of a community. So I really encourage you to join up. You can follow me on this uh, platform or join Recovered Life. Absolutely, guys. Please join us on Recovered Life. We're going to be posting some more follow-ups to our room there. So go ahead and do that. Um, if you join now, you're also going to get access uh, to our new beta community that we've got in there where we're, where we're uh, doing a test and providing a lot of free uh, coaching in there as well. So please take the advantage and do that. Uh, if you're already joined Recovered Life, we're going to send you a link to that. So don't worry about that. We'll reach out to you and send you a link so you can take advantage of that. I'd like to thank everybody else uh, for, for joining us. Kat, Kathy, Amber, thank you so much. Christina Dennis, thank you. And we hope everybody has an amazing Recovered Week. Keep the conversation going. Join Recovered Life, a community of like-minded people who are looking to live their best recovered lives. Membership is free, and you can apply at recoveredlife.us.